Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Good evening, everyone. Tonight's show is about finding a beta and working with a beta and all that stuff. Um, Lady Holder is going to be my guest this evening. She will be on in the second half of the show. We're going to try to keep it under 45 minutes to, you know, stay in our short and junk uh, time frame. Uh, I... I said this before, and I will say it again. I had no idea what a beta was when I first joined fandom. I had no idea there were people out there who would work on your stuff and help you find problems for free. That just doesn't exist in um, the professional writing world. It just doesn't happen. You know, It doesn't happen in technical writing. It doesn't happen in fiction writing. It doesn't happen in magazine writing. It doesn't happen in any kind of writing where you make money. Um, if someone gives you their time, as far as an editor goes, um, now there are critique partners, and a critique partner is more like an alpha reader in the in the fan fiction world. And we'll talk about alpha readers in a minute. I um, <clears throat> I'm gonna be really frank. I've had a really crappy week in fandom, but that's okay because. Um, It'll get better, and um, I don't – just fuck all that. Anyways, <clears throat> got some creepy-ass guy from Germany who keeps sending me emails. I stopped answering them. I hope that stop. I'm glad I don't live in Germany. He's creepy. Weirdo. And I'm going to give you uh, um, just one thing on this topic. Um an insult does not equal criticism. When you're in a relationship with a writer as a beta, it is your responsibility to couch your opinions and your critical thinking of their work in a way that is not insulting. This is super important if you want to keep that beta relationship. A lot of people in fandom make no difference between insults and so-called constructive criticism. And I would tell anyone to never, under any circumstances, accept constructive criticism and comments. You know absolutely nothing about that person. You don't know if they're a writer. You don't know if they're actually right about what they're offering you advice on. There's just, there's no relationship there. There's no trust there. Don't, don't put yourself at the mercy of the masses when it comes to your writing. All you're doing is opening yourself up to be abused. And not everybody can handle it as well as others, 
I don't tolerate it, not because it makes me cry, because it doesn't. I just don't find any value in it. So I'm not going to read it. I don't want to see it. A beta is supposed to nurture a story and a writer. They're supposed to, they're not supposed to kiss your ass. Um, Lady Holder doesn't kiss my ass. She really does not. She'll tell me I'm being a dumbass. Um, she'll tell me, oh, hey, you need, I'll get links. I'll get links in the comments. Did you know that Spencer Reed actually has three PhDs, not two? Thank you. Thank you so much. No, really. Once I got a YouTube video. In a link. I got a YouTube video of the pilot episode of Atlantis, Stargate Atlantis. Exactly. Atlantis is older than a million years. Um, at the time in my beta, I'd actually had Atlantis be around 10,000 years old. Um, my bad. Anyways, <clears throat> she said she put a link to the YouTube video in the manuscript, and went all about her business. <laughs> so when you, you know, but I trust her, and, and that makes a difference. When you invite somebody into your writing life and you give them permission to to tell you, hey, oh, hey, you're fucking this up. You're also giving them a, a, a trust. You're saying, I trust you with my work. I trust you. Um, with me, because writing is very personal. It's a very intimate thing to do. I um, I have two betas. I, but actually, that's not true. That's not true. If you count my writing partners and critique partners in um in my writing group, I have upwards of fifteen beta critique partners that I work with, and not a single one of them will hesitate to tell me when I'm being a dumbass. Oh, you know what? That doesn't work that way. That's not how that works. That's just not how any of that works. They don't care. Um, and let's see. The last time I cried during an edit, it's been about 15 years. I'll yeah. The, the first time I got a professional edit, I cried because, and not because. <laughs> This is actually, this is really weird. It's not because she was personal, because she wasn't. It was just the sheer amount of work that I had to do to make the manuscript acceptable was overwhelming. And I thought, oh, my God, I am the worst writer on earth. How could it possibly be this bloody? There's so much wrong with me. I'm a terrible writer, and that's where that was. It it wasn't anything to do with what she said, because I hadn't read a single comment. She didn't have many. Um, mostly just red marks, no, 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 put something else here, put more sex here. Did you really mean to use the word cunt here? Are you sure? Uh, just stuff like that. Uh, so there was nothing personal about the edit. It was just, there was just so much of it, I thought, Oh, my God, I don't even know how I got a contract. I'm never going to get another contract. They're going to hate my next few books, and I'm going to owe them $10,000. And it was just craziness. I was completely and utterly freaked out, so I cried. It, you know, it absolutely had nothing to do with the content of my story. It was it was um, just just overwhelming the, the job that writing is. Um, and being an editor and having an editor experience is nothing like having a beta. Um, 
And there are two kinds of betas. There are actually no. Let me take that back. There are three kinds of people who beta. People who concentrate on grammar and punctuation. People who focus more on your story and your characters. And then there's that third kind of beta that isn't actually a beta at all. They're a reader that volunteered to be your beta so they could read your work in advance. These volunteers a lot. I only fell for that shit once. And once only. Yeah. You got to be careful when somebody's volunteering to beta your work. How did I get my betas? Well, I didn't know what a beta was, like I said, and I was posting on fanfiction.net, and I was informed that I needed a beta. And I'm like, I don't even know what a beta is. What's a beta? And I asked the person who sent me the message, and I sent them a PM, and I said, what's a beta? I'll get one. (laughs) I had no idea. And when they realized I had literally no idea what what she was talking about, she informed me. I was like, really? Seriously? People do that for free? Are you serious? Because it isn't like a critique relationship with with another writer. Um, there are some betas who don't write. They're they're just betas. They just do that in fandom. They just they take on work. And then there are those who who do write. And it's just it's a different relationship than a critique partner because a critique partner is more like an alpha reader. Um, and an alpha reader is someone who, um, well, at least my definition of it, an alpha reader is someone who reads your work and feels free to tell you exactly every single thing that is wrong with it. That's an alpha reader. Um, they'll tear apart your plot. They'll tear apart your characters. I once had a critique partner slash alpha reader tell me that she hoped my heroine died. And was really disappointed that she made it through 20 chapters of the book and lived to see the end of the day. And I was like, okay, so maybe I've got a problem with my female lead. Why do you hate her? And then she listed, like, every single thing there was to say about her. And honestly, that book is still sitting on my hard drive. I have never showed it to my agent. Um, I have never showed it to anybody else but her. Uh because I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. And after she pointed out all these terrible things that I had done to this character, I started hating her too. So now I hate her. My critique partner hates her. I've got a 90,000-word book, and I I can't do anything with it because I fucking hate this person. I hate her. I hate her as much as my alpha reader hates her, and now I'm screwed. I'm fucked. It's just, I'm done. So and that's the that's the that's the risk you make of inviting somebody else into your process. You're inviting them to give you um a new perspective and you may not like that new perspective and once you get it you're stuck with it. You're never going to get that impression out of your head. It's it's always going to be there. It's kind of like the tea lady and I don't mean to harp on that or harp on lady holder about it, but that tea lady thing has become a, 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 a huge part of Beautiful and Dangerous Things, and it will remain so. And after it's published, you know, there will be comments about it because we talked about it on the radio show and it's been in the chat room and, you know, it's become a thing. Well, that happens among critique partners and writing groups too. Like, for instance, in my writing group, you can't say the word space herpy without all of us. 
all of us losing the plot. I mean, you can just, like, you can just, we could all be sitting there in a little circle, like a little sewing circle, but it's like a little laptop circle instead of a whole bunch of tables and laptops and too many cords and 16 extension cables and two or four um, power strips and too much coffee. And you can all be riding, and, and and someone will say space herpy, and everybody stops because and you just we just burst out laughing. And then what happened was, is a sci-fi writer writer wrote this book, and one of my other writing friends was reading it. She's sitting here reading this book at the table with us, and we're all looking at her. Every once in a while, she makes this terrible face. Just terrible. I mean, I, don't, and I I never actually read the book because every time I opened it to read it, I burst out laughing and I could not literally read the book. So finally, finally, she had one of these, the one of those old giant, I mean, just huge, huge Dell Inspiron laptops. You know, uh, that damn thing must have weighed twenty pounds. I don't know. It was it was big. Um, and she slapped that thing shut, and she said, I hope your hero gets space herpes and dies. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> just stopped and laughed. And, and, and also, for the record, he's never sent that book anywhere. That book is still sitting on his hard drive like mine. It's never gone anywhere. There you go. For all we know, his hero did get space herpes and die. <laughs> but and sci-fi writer used to write these terrible misogynistic characters who um, who use women for sex, and um, and he was just he was just really terrible. He got better. He's better. Um, he got married, and that helped. His wife, you know, tamed him. <laughs> trained him up. So he stopped writing these terrible Han Solo clones that were womanizers, because, you know, Han Solo never even got laid in Star Wars, but his characters did. Sometimes five, six times in a single book, but never with the same woman twice. (coughs) And, you know, that's just the kind of shit he writes. He enjoys it, so good for him. But um, that's the last time he ever had her read one of his books. And that's what a critique partner can do to you. What they can do for you is open up uh, a dialogue and open up creativity and create connections in your stories and and find your typos, <laughs> which is like secondary or third in the you know in the in the big scheme of things. I uh, <clears throat> so I did have one of those. I want to read your stuff, critique partners. Um, she didn't last long. And then I got um, uh, I had a really nice partner who worked with me on my Dark Places in the Soul series. She was a het reader. Um, very good. And then I wrote The Awakening, and I got uh, Lady Holder. And then I wrote What Might Have Been. And about halfway through What Might Have Been, I got Chris. Maybe a little bit before half. She'd be able to tell you better than me. Um, so Lady Holder did um, 
beta work on the awakening. And how I got that is I was in a Yahoo group um, for the Sentinel, and I put up a note and said I'd written a novel, and um, I'd been reliably informed that I needed a beta. <laughs> and this was because, you know, my other critique partner, my other beta did not, she was a, you know, she was a Stargate fan. She did not um, know anything about the Sentinel. Um, and so, and Lady Holder volunteered, and she wasn't the only one who volunteered, and the other person who volunteered, we don't talk about her. Um <clears throat> Because she sent my work around to her friends, and she admitted it. Yeah. Anyways, um, so we're gonna get Lady Holder on the phone. If I can remember which one's her, I believe this is her. That's me, Lady Holder. Hello. You're what? on my board along with everybody else, but you are the only one that has a little question mark by your. Oh, it's because you're live. When I hover over the little question ah. mark, it says live, live. Oh, there you go. Apparently, I have a pulse. Hot damn! There okay, <laughs> woohoo! Um, I'm going to be honest about something. In some ways, I was a number three beta reader when when you tapped me because you know, you know, there there's still that um that that screaming bit of glee that says I've got my grabby hands on it first. I, I get that way right? too. I do, but there's more. You are oh, yeah. more than that. I mean, there's yeah. You get. I don't mind that benefit as long as I get something out of it too, you know. <laughs> well, I, I found, yeah, I found over the years, um, and you know, that this is a fun thing. This has been going on for years now, um, that I'm hitting, I'm hitting more than just the the beta reader part. I've done some alpha read for you before. Um, I've sat there and poked at plot holes that I see, and you look at me and go, Cannon's my bitch, fuck off and die. And, you know, it's your story, so, you know, not like I can go in and do anything. Yes, insert YouTube video. (laughs) Insert Wikipedia entry. Yeah, I've done that, too. Yeah, she's good for that. Are you sure about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. Um, And so, you know, I'm I'm not going to lie and say that I won't, you know, if I find something that just doesn't work, I'll poke at it. And if I'm really good about it and feeling all sorts of chipper and wonderful and stuff, I'll even be nice enough to include the the um the backup canon for it and tell you here's why. Uh <laughs> and here's a link. <laughs> here's a link. Yes. And then watch um, this YouTube video and read this article. And wouldn't it be great if you went over to Netflix and watched this episode? <laughs> I've I've actually said you know this is the episode two a couple times I think you know yeah 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 I'm I'm not exactly subtle I just no Chris on the other hand is even less subtle because she keeps putting put sex here but hey um, yeah like insert sex sex here yes. blow job here my my favorite my favorite one ever and I forget which story it was in um she put a little comment and all it said was. A blowjob would be really nice right about here. You had one story, I don't even remember what it is, that you wrote all the way through, it had no sex. Oh, Not a Legacy, that was no, no Enemy Within, had no sex yeah. to begin with. I think that might have been the one where she said a blowjob would have been great. <coughs> um, right. Yeah. <laughs> because you had to... She was I very mean, specific about where that blowjob should go, too. Right. Yes. 
and it was it was really weird. I mean, I'm reading along and everything is great, and there's there's this romantic tension, and there's you know, and there's no sex. I don't even remember if I said anything about needing sex in that one. Oh, but, but Chris didn't hold back at all. You can blame all or credit ever how you wish to do all of the sexes and no enemy within on Chris. To Chris, yeah, because there wasn't a single dick mentioned in that entire nope. novel. Yep, Chris has this thing. She likes sex, and she's going to, you know, do her geriatric fangirl uh, dance. I mean, John and Rodney were lovers, wants. but I, but I, but I cut to black. Which is really weird. Because what happened was, is I had sent them basically what was my rough draft, and a lot of Mm -hmm. times in in, in my rough draft, I will skip to sex and then put it in later. I've gotten some from you. Um, It was Lantian because at one point or another, there were a couple places where insert sex scene here. Yeah. Okay. And I mean that was that was the first time I've ever gotten anything that rough from you. Um, Yeah. I've gotten That's some sense. One of the yeah, things they, about they the beta have... relationship is that sometimes I'll write something and I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. And that's what Lantian Legacy was, knowing me within. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how I felt about it. So I was like, oh, here, just read this and tell me what you think. They had a lot uh-huh. to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. 322 comments later between them. Oh, and that's not, by the way, in, uh, counting all of the uh, grammar and punctuation and no, the bad no. habits you have of double spacing when you, in the middle of a sentence when you're thinking about something, you still do hey, that. I've learned to, I, I've learned to do a find and replace on that. I'm really glad. Because <laughs> I, I probably find draft. hundreds of the damn things. You know? It's because my thumb, I have a twitch in my thumb. And when I'm thinking, when I start to think, I pop my thumb, and sometimes it hits the space bar, especially on my laptop, because the, cause the, now the key, the, my space bar on my keyboard is, is firm, but the one on my laptop is mm-hmm. really soft, so it's super easy to sit there and switch space. it. In the middle of a sentence, I don't mean after a sentence or... Like, because, you know, that's a whole different topic altogether. But I mean, just when I start to think in the middle of a sentence, there'll be like four or five spaces there. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that, that, that get me with, with the, the beta relationship and what we've moved through over the years, I started out a lot more um, reticent on what I would, what I would and wouldn't say. Um, because you and I didn't have, I mean, this, this was the first, the first couple months of, of us developing a beta, uh, a beta and author relationship was very much, you know, me learning what you, you know, wanted out of me and you learning what I could do. And it's expanded over the years, you know. Yeah. Um, and, I think you've built you know, that. I'll go, yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, the, the, the whole the whole process of, of you putting of me putting that video in, I took it out a couple times. I actually went back and pulled it a co- um, and then put it back in. Well, it was sure. really the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I opened it. I went, ah, she put a video in. <laughs> I got so tickled. I got so tickled. I had to get up and leave my desk. I was so amused because honestly. 
seriously, she could have actually replaced the number I put in the text with like a, you know, when you when you, when you do track changes. If she had just mm-hmm. changed my number, I never would have said a word. I'd be like, okay, accept, and I'd have moved on. But she didn't do that. She put the she put the video in and made me watch the video. Oh my god, it was so funny. Oh. Well, it was also part of the other stuff that was going on around it too, you know. Yeah, you know, true, um, true. But, yeah. But because I've been edited so much when I worked in the magazines and stuff like that, I rarely even argue with um, the, um, those kinds of edits or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one second. Oh, Holly, that that font thing in the chat room is for me because I've um, the tiny font gives me a headache. <laughs> so put it up mm-hmm. on 22 and you'll be fine. Um <clears throat> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Lady Holder, you're in the beta, um, um, you're in a professional editing experience. Mm-hmm. You just get to that point where, like, okay, thank you for fixing my shit. <laughs> click yes, click yes. I've, thank I've actually said no a couple times. I've actually yeah, said no well, a couple yeah. times. Well, yeah. You know, and you know, there's there's a couple points where you know you stick to your guns because there's a reason for it. You know, and um, I've I've gotten I got you um. Which one was it? It was one of the Alpha uh, trio that you did for July. Um, oh, it was the, the the John and Rodney one. I was reading through, and I kept getting a continuity error. And I pointed it out, and I just kept pointing it out and pointing it out every time it showed up. And I, I actually, I never did ask um, what you thought of that when you when you hit the bottom and, and you saw how many times I'd hit that. Well, it's because in my, see, what happened is because I wrote those parts. I wrote the three parts mm-hmm. separately, obviously, instead of in one mm-hmm. big document, because um, I was writing for Rough Trade, um, and I wrote in three part harmonies. And there, yeah, there's several all. days between each. Yeah, and what happened was, is I'd also flub that date in my outline. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem. In one place, I put ten years, and in a different place, I put fifteen years. Um, in my and outline. So when 12. I was writing. Right, and because I was writing from my outline, I wasn't going back to read because when when I'm in rough trade, I don't back up and read. Which is something mm-hmm. I do do when I'm regular writing. Well, like when I look up a new document to you know to work, or not a new, but like currently I'm working on the North Star, and so I open up the mm-hmm. North Star and I read what I'd already written, and then I started writing. But during rough trade, I don't do that. So there's going to be continuity errors like that, especially since I put it in my fucking outline. Like part one, it was 10 years or 15 years, and in part two, it was 10, and part three, it was 12. And I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? But if you if you look at my outline, you'll see it plain as day. But I was working mm-hmm. on one part at a time, and I I was right. segmented. And um, I think it really helped with um, like my beginning, my middle, and my end. Yes, Jeep Ten. I'm working on North Star because the Harry Potter fandom has pissed me off so much that I need a break from them. And um, my my safe place is what is ties that bind because all my ties that bind fans are fabulous <laughs> <laughs> and twisted. So yeah, you know, I'm working I... on the North Star, and I currently have. Um, I, I did some editing today. Uh, I was, I'm going to have to do some more editing because I got a little issue. 
Um, oh, and that's something that, that we um, found over the years as you're muttering your way through that. Um, one of the things that, that we found is, and it, and it again developed slowly, uh, Kira and I brainstorm. Um, she and I will start you know, with an idea, and sometimes it ends up, you know, you guys hear about it, um, the backing and the forthing. Uh, we've had people wonder if we're upset with each other. But it's, it's I'm a at twenty K on um Tizabon North Star. Yeah. I'm at twenty K out of eighty. My girl's North Star is eighty K, so and, and I'm I at twenty. It was 100. Whatever. I changed my mind. Um, I, well the well the plot okay. there's a little room in the plot for between eighty and a hundred. Um but I think that my goal is probably gonna be eighty. Well, I figure, you know, if if you hit 80 and then get to the beta and, you know, <laughs> Chris and I do our standard, why is this here? What what we don't understand this. <laughs> then you get then you'll sit there and put in some explanation for those of us who have no idea. Um you know, it's it's um Oh, your demon baby. Yeah. You leave my demon baby alone. I spent a great deal of time. I can't put you. Just looking for that. I, I can't put you. I can't put your demon baby in things in, in in your documents when you do something interesting. Although I think I have actually looked. Um, you you probably could if you if if you, if you put your mind to it. No. I I may just you never know. But what I was going to say is you know the the beta relationship that grew from us, you know, initially talking and Kira very carefully saying, you know, hey, can you do this? Um, and the trust that built up, it's built up into a very solid friendship. That also means that I get these emails saying, can you beta this? I need it in, in two hours. Okay. <laughs> I only did that once. And it was because um, one of my readers um, – was going on a trip, and I um, she emailed me because I w I mentioned the updating, and she wanted to know if I was going to have the update because she was going to be in the wilderness for a week, and she wanted to download it. Mhm. Mm and I so got I did the a... update really quick, <laughs> so she could have it. <laughs> then I had to go mm -hmm. back and do another beta on it, but it's okay because she still got to read it in the wilderness. That's mm -hmm. what I do. I provide my porn for you. Yeah, and I enjoy the hell out of it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I get the... Sometimes I get, you know, does this work? You know, we, we've... You've gone... You've sent me scenes where I'm going, okay, I have no idea where this is in the story, but sure, this makes sense. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't even know what the hell you're talking about, Kara. But... Um, uh yeah. I guess what what it boils down to um when you're um developing a relationship with a beta is I don't think you should jump into a beta relationship really super quick neither as a writer or as a beta. And I also think that when you're starting that relationship you should be upfront about what you can do and what you expect. Like for mm -hmm. me when someone someone says, "Will you beta from me?" I'll I'll tell them, "Okay, my strengths are I'm very good with characters. I'm I'm good with dialogue. I will pick out your plot holes. I suck at grammar. You need a grammar beta besides me. I'm not your grammar beta. Um, when I go into a 
when I was new with them, I was like, okay, I need this, this, and this, and and whatever typos you find. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Continuity, um, I'm really bad about ages. I fuck up ages all the time, which is why I often don't use them. You won't know how old a character is. Um, I uh, I fuck up dates, so anything involving numbers is it's, it's going to be an issue. Uh, so that that's one thing that I I look for in a beta, someone who's going to notice if I use. 10 I still argue with you about permanently. Yeah, I still argue with you about one one set of dates uh, for an age of of a character and how it's going to reflect. Actually, it's two, and it's in what might have been. See, what might have been's dates are terrible. They're actually worse than you think. Mhm. No, um, they're not that, because I yeah, I, so I know how really bad some of them are. The um, there, there's like this huge disparity about how old John is and how old Patrick is. Mhm. And also in relation to how old Matt is and John. You see, I didn't even have a beta the first three or four episodes of that, and um, I never went back and fixed it, which is why the ebook's been in beta. Well, the ebook has been in my, on my hard drive, getting stared at for two years. Um, you want to send it back? Because yeah. I still got time. No, I'm, I'm not done. I've already added 15 minutes. <laughs> ah. Okay. Wait. I'll be good. Um, no, anyway, you didn't. So that's a, I, well, I told you I was adding to it. I told everybody I was going to add scenes to it. Well, yeah, I know. It's I knew you were going to add to my, it. My director's cut. <laughs> oh, heaven to Betsy. Okay. <laughs> But anyways, so you got to figure out what you want from your beta and what your beta can do. And you have to develop trust because I have heard so many horror stories about um, an author giving something to somebody to beta and getting it back ripped to pieces because the beta wanted to um, insert their own ideas into the work. And I have to tell you, that is not your job as a beta. Mm-hmm. It is not your job to restructure somebody else's story or to tell your story in theirs. That's not what you're there for. And that's really invasive and ugly. And all it does is it just... I... We'll offer up opinions, but then again, I've, I've hit the point where with Kira and, and she's hit the point with me where I'm actually, I'm able to offer them up now. I also understand it's her story. And when she says that this is how I'm going to do it and this is why, well, it's your story and I back down and it's, you know, okay, not a big deal. But sometimes I look at something and I've got the... I guess it is, to, to see, mm. um, you know, uh, see something that you don't sometimes. But, you know, also, it's like something to keep in mind is that um, she doesn't always take my advice, and I don't always take hers. And if she doesn't <laughs> take my advice, I don't take it personally, because it's mm. not personal. And vice no. versa, I hope. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I'm, because in the end, it's your story, and nobody has the right to structure your story but you. Mm-hmm. But right, but here's something else, and it's something to keep in mind. If your 
ideating something and you come across something you cannot handle, you have every single right to tell that author you don't want your name on it. If they're going I, to insist that all their characters speak in one paragraph at the same time in, in a God POV, you have every single right to tell them that you're not going to beta and you don't want your name on their piece of crap. Don't call it crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it say, so I would prefer not to be associated with your project. Thank you for letting me read it. I appreciate it. And then you move on. <laughs> I actually handed one back um, <clears throat> because I actually I had been warned by the um, the authors that there was a great deal of violence in this story, and it was. Um, it was it was pretty bad, and I thought, hey, sure. I I mean, I read everything else that, that this particular uh, set of authors had put together, and it's like, okay, well, I can do this. And I got through, and I found no, I couldn't. And so I actually handed it back and said, I can't. You know, I've I've hit this point. My my um my beta is up to that point, but at, at this point, I cannot finish this and do it justice because I just can't handle it. And I got a very sincere thank you very much and and you know they went and found somebody else and the story got published but it wasn't something that I could comfortably do. Right. Also, I think it's super important and we're going to close it up pretty soon because we're going to keep our our stuff mm-hmm. short. Um it's super important when you're handing a project off to a beta that you be explicit in your warnings. If if you've included a violent homicide or if you've included rape or rape recovery or murder, you know, just mm-hmm. child molestation, child abuse, be honest with your beta. Don't spring that shit on somebody when they're unprepared for it. That is ugly. Just saying. Mhm. Yeah, I um, I knew what I was getting into, and I thought I could, and I found out that no, I couldn't. And so, you know, that um, that particular adjustment um, that I needed to to realize, you know, I gave it up and and I handed it back, and it was it was um. It was an amicable split, if you will. Okay. So also also as a um as a beta, if you get something and you realize you can't beta, t- tell them immediately. Don't put it off. Mm-hmm. Just just you don't even have to give a reason. Just say, Hey, I'm sorry, I I just can't do this. I, I apologize. I didn't want you to wait on me. Um if you if you don't have time, tell them. I don't have time. Um if if you can't handle the content. Tell them I can't handle this content. If you find if you your next project, if it doesn't include this, I'll be happy to help you. Beta, I'm sorry. I hope you can find somebody else to do it for you. Or you don't have to say any of that. You can just say I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I wanted to let you know so you could find somebody else. But don't leave somebody mm-hmm. hanging for six weeks with with nothing. Just mm-hmm. don't do that. Because you know, on the other side of it, as a writer. You know, it's out there. It's out there. It's out there. I'm thinking, do I is is it okay if I email them and ask them if they're working on it? <laughs> is that harassment? I mean, I, 
Because they're doing you a favor, right? They're doing it for free, mm-hmm. and you feel like you should just not harass them or bother them about it. But if you're hit, but if you're hitting it on 45 days and you're thinking, I really wish she would tell me what she's doing. She not even did she even open it, you know? But but you can't. It's a really terrible position to be in. Unless you're a lady holder, you should call my house. Bitch, have you read my? I'm just kidding. She's never. I have that. not. <laughs> but if she did, it'd be funny as hell. I would laugh my ass off if she did that. It would be so funny. Um, I would like to thank all the men in fandom who are kind to me. Um, because, frankly, all the abuse I've gotten in the past week has been from men in fandom. Men in the Harry mm-hmm. Potter fandom. Um, you homophobic fuckwads. Um, so I... <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh, but I'm sorry. If you're one of the men who have emailed me or left me nasty comments on my site or recently called me a dumbass on Tumblr, I hope your dick falls off. I'm sorry. Don't they need an electron microscope to find the damn thing first? Might have oh. already fallen off. Oh, Wait. no. It's all short and junk. <laughs> You guys have a good night. We'll announce the next radio show on Facebook. <laughs> all right. Good night, Talk y'all later. Good night, all. Can't wait for summer? Old Navy's huge summer sale starts now. All jeans, all tees, all dresses, and all shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Shorts from $12 for adults, $7 for kids. Buy online and pick up in-store for free today. All jeans, tees, dresses, and shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 5-6 to 512. Excludes in-store clearance. Active, licensed, men's packaged, and flag tees. 500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month only at Penny Mitsubishi during May Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win 5000 with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit BillPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on a free credit, warranty valid through 10th year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details.